Hello, everybody. Today is February 23rd, and uh, we're here to talk about the options you may have when you decide to leave the West. West being Western, heavily indebted, screwed up politically, screwed up social identity countries. I think the G7 and Europe and anything within the EU, European Union. So the reason I'm doing this podcast is quite simple, all because we are entering into a, a really bad world, quite possibly with bad economics, and I could go on. So I did my taxes, which I hate doing, last week, and that was for 2023. And I've been like this for a number of years where if you're running your own business, it can take literally hours to weeks to process and prepare your tax return before it gets sent off to an accountant to do the final tax preparation for the tax return. Absolutely hate it. I absolutely hate having to pay for it. If you have a business or a corporation, believe me, it gets very expensive, well over $1,000 much more complicated as you make more money, it gets to a point where it's very punishing. And this is one of the reasons why I absolutely dead against it. So for me, I started looking at company, uh, countries that enable you to live where you don't have to li- uh, file a tax return. So these are the ideal ones. Remember, I'm born British, so there's some advantages there. The first one from a corporation point of view with no tax filing for the corporation is Ireland. Again, I'm not trying to be like that nomad capitalist guy. I'm just giving my opinion how I see it. So with Ireland, you can have a corporation up to 200, uh, sorry, 750 million and be fairly low tax and not have to file a tax return for these certain type of corporate structures. You will have to go through some kind of consulting company to set that up. But the good thing is no, there's no corporate annual tax return that you have to apply for. So for the personal, being in England or UK, if you're in England more than, I believe it's 96 days or 93 days, by law, you have to file a return to the tax authority in, in the UK. Whereas if you're in Isle of Man or Jersey, you still have to file a return. I do know about with Isle of Man, personally, I believe is around 10%. There's a top end where you pay maximum up to quarter million pounds. After that, it's all tax-free. Foreign income may be exempt from being taxed, but you still have to file a return. So when you start looking at things like this, it becomes more and more, call it worrying, when it comes to control that these governments have over you and the obligation. So I've already mentioned from the corporate point of view, I think Ireland's the best place to go for that. Who's going to make over $750 million over their lifetime? Like you, you should be paying tax when you're at that level. The next place from a personal perspective is definitely not the UK. Now, I say that because short-term might be okay. Long-term, probably not with an election coming up. 
within the next year. If you're like me, who does not like wokeness with these political parties like, in this case, the Labour Party, I don't think, I'm hoping they're nowhere as bad as what we have here in Canada under our dear leader. But it could get bad. And that's what I'm escaping. So I started looking into what places can I go where there is no tax filing for personal. And I have verified this now, is that Dubai or UAE, United Arab Emirates, is one of these places. And yeah, you don't have any personal tax filing, depending upon your corporation. If it's based on Ireland, that'd be probably considered foreign, being in a place like Dubai or Abu Dhabi. That'd be foreign, and you'd be probably exempt from having to need to file foreign income because it's 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 tax exempt for now. So that may be the perfect solution to be based out of a place like UAE, Dubai, Abu Dhabi, or somewhere in the UAE. And and what drove me to that was there was Simon Hunt, the economist, he was British. He was funny enough. He talked about this. He, during the uh, global uh, virus, he went over to some small area in the rural part of UAE. I can't remember the name of it. It begins with an F. He ended up there and he was not able to come back to the UK because of the virus. Remember in UAE, I don't think they had the global medicine you had to take that was forced upon you. So that was a good option there. So he was quote-unquote, stuck in the UAE, and he just ended up staying. Uh, and he's been there since 2020. So that's kind of what sparked my mind. He seems to really like it. And this guy's probably, I think he's 78, and he used to live in formerly Rhodesia, which is Zimbabwe. So he's, he's, he's lived in some interesting places. So if he likes UAE, must must say something about the, the country. And it's tax-free. So I was thinking that might be a good next step after the UK if it don't work out. The other places that might be of interest is Singapore. But with Singapore, it's very expensive because it's, um, I believe you need about 10 million US now to get considered. They really want people that are fairly well off, probably 10 million plus, to have things like family offices that manage their own money. That's the kind of people they want in Singapore. So uber wealthy. Also, other options out there in Asia, in that direction. Thailand's pretty good. It's not for the lady boys. Sorry, guys. But apparently, the people are pretty nice. They're always like, there's no negative anything. People are pretty friendly. As long as you... Don't say anything bad about the royal family. You can pretty live a pretty nice liberal free free life. Uh, the infrastructure is getting better there, but they just introduced a new tax, I believe, at thirty five percent. I don't know the exact number, but it's thirty plus percent, even if you are earning foreign income. So you still have to pay that out out while you're in Thailand. That's not so bad with what I have, being in Canada with over fifty percent. So that's kind of one option elsewhere. Maybe Philippines is looking okay. I know a guy who's moved to Cebu City. He likes it. He's been there for many years. Only comes back to see his family out in BC, British Columbia. So there's those options. And I've seen people report back from Viet, 
and the like. So there's that uh, in Asia. Oh, and Hong Kong seems to be trying to open up again with some investment visas. I think you have to put money into the Hong Kong stock market. But again, that's under still the control of China. Back in the day when it was under bridge control, I'm sure that would have been a great place to go. But with the China influence, that might not appeal to a lot of people for Hong Kong. I've been to Hong Kong. I like Hong Kong as a city. I can imagine what it's like now. But again, it's something maybe, maybe, just maybe, if, if, if that's your thing. Okay, so one other area I've liked being British is uh, the G7 is New Zealand. You can stay there for up to six months as a Brit. I think for the rest of the world, it's four months. So there's something about New Zealand I like, and I'm not going to go into who locks down who, like Australia, Canada. I mean, I personally think we're beyond that, so we don't have to really consider that. And the other thing I'll say about places like UAE, it's really pointless to talk about, oh, it's a Muslim country. I don't want to be there. I think that is just utter, I don't want to say ignorance, but it's just, I don't think that can be used as an excuse. They're highly westernized there. Yes, you are living under a royal family, but remember, it's, it's, it's efficient. It's safe. From what I'm seeing, it's affordable. I can't say it because I'm not there. The weather might be a little too much for the summer because it's obviously in the desert and it's safe and everything's new. Unlike being in Toronto where you just sense this death around you, just this long, dreary misery in the winter. And I don't know, just everything's so expensive. It's just, it's, it's just has a very, very, it's like a bad smell. You know what I mean? For Toronto and Canada probably could say the same thing from the political standpoint. Anyways, going back to the UAE, so you really can't use the Muslim Islam thing as an excuse. I think that's irrelevant because I've heard people say the safest place for for Jewish people is in Dubai, which says something about the 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 the, the city and UAE as a country is tolerant since they've really come about. And I'm not going to sit here and advertise for them, but just from what I'm seeing online. So there's that. Now, going over to Latin America and Central America, people have talked about Panama. Panama's an interesting spot. I can't really say. I think that it there is crime is a concern there, which one country is very peaceful, supposedly, is Costa Rica, outside of the capital city of San Jose. Mexico, people like Mexico. For me, I'm just, call me a wimp. But these cartels do scare me. I could be obviously wrong, but I do know that these cartels can easily show up where there's tourists and ruin the tourist destination. I mean, they've done that to Playa de Karma, from what I understand, and the other place. But what do I know? So for me, Costa Rica looks like a good option. I am willing to, I'm really wanting to learn Spanish because. It just seems that in South America, places like Colombia looks interesting, very affordable, apparently, good weather, just something I'm looking at, appeals to me. And supposedly also Brazil's getting safe as well, like Rio, uh, from videos I've seen. 
So they, that real might not be as bad as it used to be because the federal police kind of apparently cleaned up all, a few of the flavelas. And they're saying that they're now becoming like tourist destinations. I think as long as you know the language decently, it might not be so bad. Places like Colombia, Uruguay might be another one. I'm, I'm getting all that from a guy like Doug Casey, uh, who's been bouncing around. I think he's settled in Uruguay. He says they'll leave you alone, but it's boring. Uh, it's a good place if you want to hunker down. And there's still like literally a ferry ride to Argentina and Buenos Aires. We know about Malay and what he's trying to do as a new president of Argentina. If that pl- pl- uh, plays out, that might be an interesting spot in the next year or so. It could get bad as well, as the population may not like what the new president is doing. Another option that seems to be working pretty good for the Bitcoin crowd is El Salvador. That's an interesting spot as well, because they're trying to make it safe. Apparently, it's the safest country now. And I think the first I heard in the Southern Hemisphere, now they're saying it could be the safest country in the Western Hemisphere, which would include here in Canada and U.S. Now, I don't know. Now, people, if you're in the U.S., you got to ask yourself, you look at a 20, let's say top 25 most dangerous cities in the world. You have to remember, like for a country like USA, that is something not to be proud of. When you look at throughout Europe, Canada, and other countries that you think are questionable, why is the U.S. in there with three or four cities in the most dangerous top 10, sorry, top 50 most dangerous cities in the world. That would include places like Memphis, St. Louis, Detroit, and the like. So always consider that if you're in the U.S. The U.S. is so great. You do get cities from Brazil, Mexico. I think Venezuela is in there as well as the most dangerous, which is pretty obvious. I mean, they're they're emerging countries, but, you know, things to consider. So these are places to go. Now, a couple of things you need to factor in is cost of living, which is a big one. <clears throat> so if you're in an expensive city like I am in Toronto, you could probably cut your taxes or expenses by a quarter, down to one quarter being in a big city like Bangkok, Thailand, or just Thailand generally. And they have private hospitals, and those private hospitals for tourists are in the top 20. And that's an, another really, really good measuring stick you can use to see how the country overall, from a hospital health point of view, is doing. Then you compare the travel insurance that you would need to go into those countries, which is fairly affordable. From what I see for UK, let's say the insurance is somewhat affordable for people in the UK for private healthcare because that's as an option here in Canada. We don't have that. We can only have obviously the public, which is wow, it's going down the toilet so bad. This is a stat: the average wait time in an emergency room to see a doctor in an emergency room here in Toronto now apparently is 23 hours on average. So you could be sitting in an emergency room in a hospital, waiting for a doctor for up to 23 hours. People are waiting for a year to get see a specialist for hip surgery, whatever else. That's how bad our medical system is. 
In the 90s, we were ranked right up there. It was probably one of the top places for medical. That's how far Canada's fallen. So you can consider the expense to live. I'm seeing the metric right now to live in a lot of these kind of places. Emerging market would be about 2000 US and you should be okay. Like Thailand, Philippines, and probably Costa Rica as well. If you're making 2K a month US, you should be doing pretty good. Now, for those that own property, uh, that can sell, and you do have cash, I think it'd be wise to do it the more I look at the situation. Right now, it's the, 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 the property market, at least in Toronto. And you, Toronto used to be a, a top bubble, along with Vancouver as a housing market. Toronto is still fairly strong. I think it'll weaken later on in the year. So it might be, I can't say, I'm not, I don't have a crystal ball, obviously, but I think March, April is usually the peak time where it's a seller, uh, sorry, it's a seller's market not a buyer's market. So if you can sell, be in a seller's market for that in the months of that year, that's for the better because you get multiple bids on the home and you cash out, do it. And then when you have a portfolio, you can kind of live off of from the interest via dividend income, via government bond of some kind, treasury, GIC, what have you. I did get confirmation for dividend income it's 25%. So if you're living in Canada on dividend income, you're paying 25%. So that's literally cutting your tax burden in half. Okay. So that's something to consider. So if you're going to do that, it's something to look into from what I'm seeing. Actually, it's from Simon Hunt who said that it's quite possible the market could get really bad. And that's going to be good for people that follow this potential strategy that don't, don't take what I say Literally, always do your research and ask your professional financial advisor, obviously. But what could happen, according to him, is that the markets may get really bad. And it could get so bad where treasury yields could be up to 10 or 15%. So if you're sitting on a million-dollar portfolio and the markets do get really bad, and the only ones that are paying out anything is treasury, they could be up to 10%, 15%. So when you calculate that as a return, you could get $100,000, a 10% return, a hundred grand return on, on a million dollar portfolio. If it goes up to 15%, then you're looking at 150 grand. That's pretty good. And I believe, I'm not sure where you live. That may be tax-free as well because you're putting money into the government. And they, like, they, they want that, they need that money. So I wouldn't see how and why they'd want to tax that. But if we do get into those extreme market conditions, then that's quite possible when you look at the amount of drunken sailor with a credit card spending, it is unreal. Just to give you an example, our dear leader, the shaky lady, Christian, Christian Freeland, she just signed herself off with no authority to give herself an extra half a trillion dollar spending boost on, on the government tab. So she's got something like $560 billion added that she can now use to spend, and she will. So that's going to decimate the Canadian economy. That will decimate the investors. I just read, saw a headline of an article that over $38 billion 
Dollars have been lost in foreign investment because of these. The Canadian dollar is not doing great. So there is a price to be paid and plus the inflation. So it might be definitely something to look into and consider. And if the economy gets bad, hey, that might be a good thing. For those sitting in a home, how their property values are declining, they could be out of a job and, the, and their neighbors are failing to. There's no market demand for property and only the vultures come out to buy property like the Black Rocks and the Blackstones. Yeah, you may pick, lose a, your shirt on your property, which is very, very, very possible. So, again, more things to consider. And of course, it's not my money, so I don't care. But these are just options to look at. And namely, with places to go as the West appears to be financially and economically dying. Uh, a lot of people will argue that. That's fine. I don't care. Not like I've been on the, I've, I've been old enough to, 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 from, from the late, from the eighties to see how far it's gone and declined since then. That's like over 40 plus years and it's not been getting any better. I'll leave it at that. So lifestyle is getting worse and harder for people. Is a struggle, and I don't see it getting any better. I think it will accelerate on the downside a lot faster than you know. So, yeah, I'm happy to do what I'm doing. And that brings me to my next point, if you're still here, about what we're doing with the website. So I've revisited Substack, and I think Substack is going to be a great venue for all my trading analysis. There will be a paid component to it, obviously, and a further pricing on top of that for really good analysis. I cannot tell you how good it is. And then on the other end, the quantlabs.net will be used for, as I said, for the strategy development ideas, along with the trading technology, be it Python, C++, and the like. And then heavy leverage with Discord as well. So that's outlook for that. And that should start in the next couple of weeks, actually, as I'm winding down all my obligations to the home and letting the professionals take over. And hopefully uh, we'll get better action uh, in the next couple of weeks on all, on all fronts. So I just wanted to put this together and let you know what I think are the best options for looking outside the West from my perspective with my research. One other thing is I'm, you know, as I was saying to somebody, if the real estate market does go bad, it doesn't mean you shouldn't, you should not avoid real estate. And you think that there'll be smarter options. So let's say if the market, the, the housing real estate goes down. I mean, if you look at the, the, the commercial real estate as the indicator, it's down 30, 50%, depending upon what city you're in. The market demand's just not there anymore. It may come back, but people may buy up those properties and turn them into Hotels may turn them into apartments. Who knows? So be less res uh, commercial property down the line. So that may also be a certain early indicator for residential uh, real estate. So what I'm saying is if you get out now while you can do it, I would probably think about it, at least that. Do your own research, obviously, to back it up to satisfy yourself. And then once things bottom out and then starts to show early signs of coming back, that's when you start to revisit the opportunities. Wait, if I did it 
I'd probably look at looking at touristy spots, professionally managed, and where you could turn those properties into income producing, because that will be the key. And, I, and I've seen properties in, in some high-end locations where it's tourists, like in the Caribbean, and just having access to the pool as part of the common element. That pool could generate enough income for you just on the pool itself as, as part of a private development in a heavily sought after area for tourists, like well-off tourists. So trying to look for those kind of properties might be a good, interesting thing. So if you find for real estate opportunities in the next couple of years, let's say, if the economy comes out of it and looks good, yeah, that's the sort of stuff I'd look for. And it wouldn't be in the West, I don't think. It'd probably be in Mauritius is interesting. Or the Caribbean, or something like that, where it's warm, and then so on and so forth. So I just want to let you know where I'm at, where my head's at, and I'll leave it at that. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more, I strongly recommend you go to quantlabs.net slash books. There you'll get access to my email news. I'm not sending out as much right now, obviously, but there will be in there the, the uh, Substack account as well, because that will be the interesting one for all the trading analysis, because I was trying to figure out how I can showcase that outside of the website, quantlabs.net, and just have that dedicated to the quant trading strategy stuff as, and along with the trading technology stuff as well, the programming. So we'll leave it at that. Thanks for watching and have yourselves a good day.